0: Hello and welcome to DKai, Digital Era Entertainment's anime podcast. This is episode 59. I'm your host, Joel, and I am here today with, well, he's back after a while. It's Mario.
1: Hello, I am back. It's crazy to be back here on both podcasts back to back. That, like, that I don't think has happened in a long time. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, for context, uh, Mario was on the Decode podcast last night because it was their 150th episode. So, congrats to the Code crew on that. That's, Strugging you know, along. we're on 59 here and uh, going at our own pace. But, uh, you know, they're the first and uh, we're looking forward to eventually getting up there in the triple digits with them.
1: Yeah, and it was even more momentous because uh, that was... Basically, the first time that crew has been back together in person since pre-pandemic. Because uh, Wally. Uh, oh, they were in person too.
0: By. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, we were recording live from Waypoint Cafe at sixty-five oh, Ludlow Street in the Lower East Side. The world side of Manhattan. is healing. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it was it was very wholesome. Uh Wally brought the big Wally energy to to the room. It was it was delightful, and we had a great time, you know, getting to to see each other uh, in person. So hooray! <laughs>
0: Yay! And we also have fresh from what I can only assume was landscaping, frangi
2: no it actually wasn't landscaping this time I was editing ah uh. okay I was I was
1: sort of close I was sort of close so we we did a little betting pool during the pre-show oh God uh, so me Tam- Tamsin and neo Ivan were thinking it was probably landscaping I said uh, for the benefit of the doubt possibly uh, voiceover it was either that or a nap but I was like let me let me just be the optimist here and assume that it was voiceover so you know what no, <laughs> I'll I, take it I'll take it I was
2: <laughs> editing a novel it's really stormy here today and it keeps pouring so, I, I might have been landscaping otherwise. That is also valid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and finally, we have Tamsin.
3: Hey, folks. Happy Friday.
0: It is a happy Friday. So, before we begin, we've got a couple of news updates, just some fun little things that have been happening in the world of anime. Uh, first off, it's been making the rounds, but for those of you who haven't seen um, Five Rings Films, the official Olympics documentary series has a new release this week called the nagano tapes which is the story of how the czech republic won its first gold medal in hockey in the first uh, olympics to feature uh, players from the nhl um it was a big time with the uh with the soviet union and czech republic having been uh, you know formerly one country now being separate so there was a lot of international tension going on with this, and why, you might ask, is this relevant to the world of anime? Because the opening sequence of this documentary uses Cruel Angel's thesis from Neon Genesis Evangelion, and the editing is done in such a way that it is extremely obvious that whoever edited this together knew exactly what they were doing. The cuts are all correct. Uh, They have just little blips of words of, you know, they have the years, they have the names of the countries, and just all these different things where it's the normal cuts in the opening that have words like, you know, nerve or third impact, stuff like that. So uh, it's very obvious that there was an anime fan in Five Rings films.
1: It was was exquisite. (laughs) That's the best way I can describe it. It is exquisite. Um, and something I never would have expected from you know the official channel of the I- International Olympic Committee. That's, uh I love twenty yeah, <laughs> twenty one.
0: Yeah, that one really. Such a weird came year in this way. <laughs> uh, in other news, announced just this morning that uh, I woke up to this message coming through in our uh, Facebook chat. Apparently, Gundam Seed is coming back with a film. What? A game what? and uh there and some new figures and whatnot, but uh what the the promise of decades past is being fulfilled, the legend is coming to pass, what? Gundam Seed continues.
1: Yeah ah! I, I'm actually glad that Franji apparently missed this memo so we can get oh, yeah. a live reaction. Yeah, <laughs> <Live reaction. laughs> that was great. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, So it's not a full anime. It's just a movie in terms of the visual it doesn't, it doesn't media. doesn't matter. But we're getting a movie.
1: <laughs> and and oh to, to kind of elaborate, you know, on the, the comment that you, you made there, you know, that this was, you know, decades, decades past. Like literally back in the mid to late 2000s, they announced a, a Gundam Seed follow-up film once Destiny had wrapped up. So, this is literally something that we have been waiting on as Gundam Seed fans since the late 2000s. I am so pumped! What the fuck?! Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Frangie's guttural, visceral reaction is literally, like, what this news feels like. And I I drew another comparison to, you know, how how exciting this was, you know, for, for a Gundam Seed fan. This, uh, for me as a Gundam Seed fan, was just like uh, over in the Hajime no Ippo fandom, like the long gap between the promised uh, season that was finally released after like five years. But this is obviously a much longer stretch of time. It was like, hey, here's a new season of Hajime no Ippo. It's coming out soon. Okay, cool. Five years later, where's my Ippo? Oh, here it is, finally. Yes, that was worth the wait. But it oh was it was one of those deals of we've been waiting for a long time. It was confirmed. It was ready to go.
2: Do you so, know what this yeah, means? Yeah. It means that I am not irrelevant for not yet doing a Zaft uniform cosplay. I can still do it, and it'll still be timely. Oh, my God. You're right. Breaking out the Zaft unis. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm going to be Sheen just to piss people off. It'll be fun.
1: So so you, you do know what that entails, right? Like, we've discussed this before. It's all D- it. right. <laughs> <laughs> I can take it.
2: I can take it.
1: oh boy time to time to bring it back
0: (laughs) and i still need to finish that series i watched like the first dozen episodes and it wasn't bad but for whatever reason i couldn't really get invested but i need to give it another shot
2: yeah i remember you said that i think it just has nostalgia factor for a lot of
1: us yeah and
2: there's probably a layer
0: of it yeah
1: yeah there are definitely flaws with it when you compare it to other other series in the gundam in the gundam metaverse essentially but for what it was at the time, it was a very refreshing take on the original series while bringing in elements of some of the AUs that had become very popular in the years preceding it. So it was, it was kind of like this cool little grab bag of best of Gundam retelling original Gundam.
0: Mm. My lack of engagement is probably not helped by the fact that I have never seen any Gundam series in its entirety. So especially if, you know, there's all these, you know woven in aspects that you're talking about so that's all lost on me Tamsin what about you have you ever seen Seed or any of the other Gundam series
3: you know I have not and I'm I'm curious does one need to watch the other Gundams before watching Gundam Seed or no No, I started Seed
0: just totally blank and it was fine like it's a good series um it feels like it's one from the early 2000s but you know it holds up fine uh, it's one that, like I said, I do want to go back and finish. So uh, definitely no worries about not having seen the other stuff that you're able to just jump in, and it's a self-contained universe, at least as far as this series goes.
1: Exactly. Um, and and to, to that same point, another thing that apparently just went live today, um, I, I've talked about before on the show that uh, Sunrise is very good about letting people re-experience Gundam shows or experience the new ones effectively in real-time courtesy of their YouTube channel, where they do release a lot of things for free, even if it's just a timed release. And uh, this morning, I believe, they finally made uh, a premiere for what I can only assume is a compilation film of Gundam 0083, which uh, I know our engineer Neo Ivan <laughs> is is a pretty big fan of. Um, so that's one that, yeah, you definitely need to have kind of the background because it takes place after the original, like, main universe Mobile Suit Gundam. Um, but that's it, it's just an example of, you know, how good they are, they are about giving people all these different entry points and sampling points for the gundam meta series uh so if you're a fan of og gundam and you never got around to 83 well compilation films up if you want to get a nice taste of that in 90 minutes
0: nice so yeah glad that that's coming out and it'll be interesting to see if this leads a more modern revival of gundam because if you think about it we have not had a proper gundam series in some time
2: I don't feel that way because it took me forever to watch Iron-Blooded Orphans and it was only like last year that I finished it. <laughs> but but I know what you mean. That's, that, that's it, on Franchi Delay. <laughs> uh, that's on Franchi Delay, yeah. Franchi mm-hmm. Delay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh,
1: but no, that is a valid point. Uh, we haven't really had any, any... Well, we no, we've had Gundam shows. Uh, the the Build seri- or the build Sub-series has continued on in recent seasons. I, I know this past year they finished off the most recent Build Divers, I think it was. Um, I dropped off with that one because I, I just wasn't feeling the later installments of the build series. It's been very hit or miss. Um, but in terms of a proper traditional Gundam, yeah, it's just been OVAs. I think uh, that the Hathaway movie is finally about to drop, if not has already dropped. Um, so there have been standalone projects, but certainly nothing like traditional Gundam other than the the build sub-series that's been kind of filling in the gaps in between.
0: Yeah.
3: So and the fact that... Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was gonna ask. Uh, it, the fact that there's new Gundam stuff coming out this year does that mean they're finally going to finish building the Gundam over in Tokyo?
0: I think they have. I
3: think they did actually. Uh, and I, I
0: think know that, that was part finished... of the big announcement and whatnot that uh, there was like the display of it and some other details. But uh, I believe that Gundam was completed recently.
3: Okay. So, so they did finish it because I feel like I've mm. been seeing videos of it kind of in. Would still seem like some sort of prototype. Mode, but I'm not sure. Well, all the more Whoop, reasons you to broke go back. up a
0: bit at the end there.
3: Ah, um, j- just saying that I've 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 been to Odaiba to see the uh, the Gundam before they took it down, and it was excellent. And I was wondering if if they've finished it. Since mm. then.
1: Yeah, I believe they've been releasing uh, a a couple of featurettes on, uh, I assume we're talking about the one that that can actually, you know, move and and what have you?
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I I believe also on the Gundam.info YouTube channel, they they have an entire slew of featurettes about that particular piece. So again, Sunrise, Sunrise is really good about Gundam material, especially on YouTube, making it accessible for people.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, but wait, before this turns into a Gundam episode, and since I rolled in late, did we talk about <laughs> what we watched this week yet?
0: No, not yet. You actually okay. got here just like a minute after we started. Uh, the okay. one last piece of news before we get into what we've watched this week is uh, it was announced today that Emmy is Mirai in Dr. Stone, which is super oh, exciting because God. we were oh, obviously all very big Dr. Stone fans. Um, Let me see, what is the exact Twitter account? It is... Tsunami Hub uh, at Anime with RJ, which is not R RJ. It is a different <laughs> not, RJ. Not you RJ
1: Para. <laughs> different RJ. Um,
0: so yeah, at Anime with RJ on Twitter posted the scene of Mirai being revived. It is a very emotional scene so in Doctor Stone, and uh, yeah, so got to start my day feeling a little bit choked up here in emmy and uh we just could not be happier for her that is only one of the many redacted things that has kept her from being on the show recently
1: also casual reminder uh dr stone was the number two uh in our very first anime of the year awards so yeah this is kind of a huge deal for us over here because it's like oh man like ah (laughs) it's It's all connected it's all connected i love it i love it
0: and you can keep up with any other announcements that might be coming out with Emmy. Uh She is uh, bleh, tongue-tied here at Kitsune Squeak on Twitter, so be sure to give her a follow. And that is all for news. So now we can get into what did we watch this week weekend? Franji, you obviously have something to talk about, oh, so let's start I with got... you.
2: Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I've and been I am up caught up on the... Fruits
0: Basket this week. So,
2: oh my God. Fruits Basket. Oh my God. Okay. No, but I only really just had two, two brief things to say. One of them is um, I managed to watch everything that's out so far from To Your Eternity which is really good. It's a really refreshing series. It's not all as an emotional wham as just the first episode is, but it's definitely really feelsy but really wholesome at times, and just very unique. It definitely has my interest. I haven't seen an anime quite like it before. Yeah, Um, I've
0: I've seen episode up to three of it, and I do want to get around to it, but I'm watching so many other ones, that's one that's sort of been put on the back burner for me.
2: Yeah, well, I'll let you know how it goes. Um, It's going well so far. And then the other thing, okay, is I just, I watched Moriarty and I realized something that, like, did the thing where it makes you sit up in bed at 3 a.m. and go, oh, my God, because I realized that... Um, William William James Moriarty looks like he's right-handed, right? He picks up his tea with his right hand and he, he catches coins that people throw at him with his right hand and he carries his, like, dandyman cane in his right hand. But then in the episode where he uses it as a sword, he's left-handed. And back then, being left-handed was seen as a sign of the Evil. devil. So I'm just like, oh, my God, the little details. And I spazzed about that a lot this week. It might just be me thinking it's so cool because I'm obsessed, but I just wanted to share that.
0: Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Always love hearing, like, fun details like that. And especially when you find those little things that I will fully admit I had not noticed that at all. But that's really cool.
2: <laughs> it is cool. Anyway. It's all yeah.
0: in the details.
2: The
3: details. Hey. That's it. I can popcorn it to somebody else.
0: Camson, what about you?
3: Last week was very different from the week before. I did not watch any new anime. Binge-watching Ruby, uh, which yes, was good. not anime, but gets a shout-out anyway.
0: Yes. You and, mentioned before we went live that you're at Volume 6 now? Yes. And you were in Volume 1 last week, I think.
3: What the heck? One or two... Yeah, um, yeah. the episodes, the episodes are Far not shorter. all the standard, yeah, not the standard, yeah. like, 22 minutes, so it's um, yeah. kind of but, very, uh, very bingeable.
0: But how about that volume
3: three? Just so much, I, I, I can't, so much stuff happened. Um, I'm also very shocked, so I had been spoiled a couple of things. Um, it did not make them any less shocking when they actually happened in the show. Um, and I'm actually also surprised that I was only spoiled up to end of season three, and I have absolutely i have know absolutely nothing about what's coming um yeah so, and if you're at
0: volume six right now, this is where revelations happen
3: yes, and oh, yeah it's um I feel like the the show has kind of as more things become revealed the show the tone of the show has also changed
0: oh very much so it's
3: you know kind of like uh in attack on titan like after you know they open the basement and we get to see the world outside of the island of Um
0: yeah Uh, you're breaking up again make sure that you're close to your microphone
3: okay um so kind of like an attack on titan after they get to the basement you know the whole tone of the show changes because we now find out things that are not you know things are not as we thought they were originally and so it feels like that but it that all the twists have been very good and very clever and i'm yeah. very much enjoying it can't
0: so wait to hear what you think once you get all caught up because you're now three-fourths of the way there so looking forward to hearing your reactions to volume six through eight
3: i'm sure whatever uh, the outcome is i'm just going to be sobbing at the finish line
0: No comment. Um, Mario, what about you? It's been a while since we've had any commentary. I know you've been busy, but hopefully you've been able to watch at least a bit of anime in what spare time you can scrape together.
1: The irony of the situation is I've been having more conversations about about anime, about anime. <laughs> and watching actually anime. watching an- no, it i i've been saying this pretty frequently uh to to a lot of folks like literally the only things i've been able to really uh you know ingest in terms of content have been youtube because i can pull myself away from that at, at any given moment um and wednesday night wrestling that is and of course our streams here because you know i'm usually monitoring uh over in the chat uh for most of our nightly streams so, yeah, <laughs> I can tell you about the casts of anime that I've talked to <laughs> in the past couple of weeks. Like, for example, last week uh, I had a second round with the the uh, English language cast of Yu-Gi-Oh!, which was great because they were the first cast that I got to talk to for GalaxyCon uh, when I was still just kind of pulling together how to approach it. It was literally my first uh, interview. This time felt a lot smoother because uh, I now have, you know, the way that I handle GalaxyCon uh the week before that it was another round with the my hero academia crew but different um different characters the the one who carried over for both was a uh, clifford chapin uh, bakugo uh, mm. so he was the returning <laughs> the returning hero for both um, and let's see week before that uh, well two weeks before that was the crew from assassination classroom that was pretty cool i nice. uh, got to got to talk to a a mutual friend of ours by way of uh, of emmy Uh, afia Yu, uh whose whose visual novels we've played here on the channel which is hilarious yeah sake visual (laughs) yeah um and then the week before that was uh fire force so yeah (laughs) and then coming up i've got uh let's see well no anime this week what do i have coming uh sorry i'm just skimming through the calendar because i moved oh yeah one piece um, so I've got to, I get to chat with those folks, which include a bunch of, um, Funimation VAs that I haven't gotten to see, uh, since, uh, Akon actually. <laughs> hey, <good laughs> yeah. Time. Cause, uh, Ian Sinclair is, uh, one of the, the folks on that panel. I'm like, Oh boy, I get to sit to see Ian <laughs> virtually for the first time since then.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: So yeah, so it's, uh, it's been very busy. And of course, uh, virtual country expo is coming up. Um, I will be returning as one of the panel hosts, uh, one of the co-hosts of Himei's Cosplay Cup, uh, and I'll be presenting a Digital Era Entertainment panel there. Uh, Details forthcoming once uh, that starts going up. Uh, And even though it hasn't been mentioned yet, I have one more virtual event that is coming up. Nothing's been made publicly yet, so I'm going to keep that on the DL, but there is one more in the queue, so that's why I am going to be very scarce and not really able to watch much anime for a while. Ironically,
0: lomp <laughs> lomp,
1: <laughs> all that. But um, you know, we, I did I did film one of the panels for that uh, this past Wednesday. It was a great conversation about subjects that are very near and dear, not just to my heart, but to the hearts of many of us here at Digital Ear Entertainment. Um, again, details forthcoming. <laughs> so that's that's been my week. Anime very
0: exciting. Panel. Yeah, we'll be able to keep people appraised of all your happenings, even if you aren't around. Uh, and once you do have time, I would be happy to point you to some of the best anime this season, because I may not uh, be watching um, twelve series and then have like three others on the back burner.
1: So, so basically, you're you're taking my entire queue upon yourself as well, is what you're what you're saying. Yes, right let's now. go
0: with that. Um. <laughs> I'm going to continue to sing the praises, in particular, of Shadow's House, obviously Moriarty, Um, Odd Taxi has continued to hold up its end of the bargain. I know you at least started that one, Mario, so keep going on Odd Taxi when you have the chance. Um, There's the various continuing ones, but, uh, you know, there's 12 series that have been good enough to keep my attention for the weeklies, and then, like... Vivi Fluorite Eyes Song is one that I'm, like, too behind on, but it's been really, really good. Um, Okay. Like, it's a little bit heavy, but it's really, really good. I think, as as far as it's going, I would go so far as to say it is the best time travel anime since Steins Gate.
1: Ooh. Ooh, that is a a statement.
0: (laughs) And, And to be fair, there aren't exactly a ton of time travel anime, but... It's still really good. And uh, been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level. Continues to be a slice-of-life Bofuri that is in isekai, but not a video game. Hmm. So, So plenty of good stuff to go around. Yeah, yeah. Just very soft, very enjoyable. Good cast. Uh, But, yeah. Uh, So now, let's actually get to our normal uh topic for today and this is another one that comes to us by way of Tamson and the yeah. concept here is anime sign yeah anime cinematography so uh to use Tamsin's own words when she suggested this um uh, favorite cinematic choices in anime cinematic here being a super broad term in that that <clears throat> anything that has unusual animation style Unique narrative elements, angles in cinematography, etc. So, I guess Tamsin, since you were the one that suggested this, did you have something particular in mind to start us off?
3: Oh, I have. I have a, a short list of things. Yes. Um, so, I guess the well, the one that I think started this off for me, uh, for how I thought about of this topic in general, is when I was rewatching watching Madoka. Um, the mm. part that I love about Madoka, you know, of course, the witch mazes mm. are really unique in, in the animation style that they use, that they kind of look like, almost like collages made out of like magazine cutouts in some way. Um, yeah.
0: It almost looks like it's scrapbooked.
3: Yeah. Scrapbook. That's yeah. I think that's a great analogy. Um, But then also, the animation style for the characters themselves when they're outside of the uh, witch mazes is also kind of different. Um, And I mean, maybe this is like, you know, a detail that I pick up on because I I love looking at different art. But the line art in Monaco is very different. It's not like the sharp uh, black lines that Uh, they. You're
0: you're starting to fade in and out again.
3: Just get so excited. Um, And. Um, so the line art in you know they kind of instead of using solid lines they use kind of these faded gray lines to outline the characters which to me um i don't know if it makes it look uh, somehow more dreamlike or a little bit more cute in some way um in, in that animation style um, and you know which really contrasts with like the the tone of the show itself and it's a little bit more unsettling in some way um, but that was that was the the series that you know rewatching watching it uh this these unique elements really stood out to me so that was, mm-hmm. that was where yeah,
0: it's where I been was a going. while since i've actually seen modica so i obviously remember the witch mazes is that you know that very creepy it, it's almost stop motion type of animation along with the, you know, scrapbooking, paper mache type look, that's very iconic. I remember that vividly. I don't recall the differences in terms of the uh, the lining on the characters and everything. That's really interesting that I uh, might need to go back and look at a couple scenes to get that particular detail, but it's really cool that you noticed that
1: i was even gonna quickly interject uh you know even even the uh the the color and and the shading there's a lot of use of shading in in madoka that always made it kind of stick out to me um it's it's again it's it it drips with visual style it does have a lot of familiar looking uh anime elements but it definitely adds its own uh its own spin so i i agree like it's and it's a lot of subtle details too that's the thing it's not just like a wild departure from what you expect from you know contemporary anime even in you know 2010 um and thereabouts but like it just on its own merit it has its own very distinct feel this distinct look and it's all in just subtle details
0: mm-hmm. for sure for sure and on that note mario do you have any particular series that uh, have cinematography that have struck you
1: Uh, So I I was thinking about this earlier and two things came to mind. One of them was actually a a feature length film uh, just because it was it it was one of those very um, kind of overall brazen in your face experiences, that being Redline. Um, mm. it, it had, it had one of those, uh, animation styles that really just kind of sticks out because of the level of detailing, you know, the more realism, even with the heightened character designs, you know, it's, it didn't look too cartoon. It, let me rephrase. It didn't look too traditionally anime. It looked more like, uh, you know, Western style animation of like, you know, the, the, the eighties and nineties, your heavy metal, your Aeon Flux, stuff like that, that really, just reaches out uh and stands out from the pack because of how different and distinct it looks um for more recent anime examples um obviously our anime of the year this past year you know hands off eziken it had a very distinctive look even among its anime brethren but it also did so many things that we highlighted in that anime of the year video that made it really stand out from the cinematic choices that it made from the little nuances that it added and of course you know the the jump between uh ongoing animation style and the storyboarding which really you know blends the two the two worlds and it was just so delightful so those were the two that really came to mind uh initially for me when we were coming up with this topic
2: I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought up redline because it's been a while since I've seen that and you're completely right and now I want to rewatch it yeah, yeah I, I haven't
1: seen it since it came out on home video, but the fact that it just stuck out that that hard, that, you know, I'm thinking about it years later, That that's a statement in and of itself. It's like that's how visually distinctive it was. That just, it's the first thing that comes to mind, even though I haven't touched it in years.
0: Yeah, yeah and the visuals have held up. I remember I had not, somehow, I had not heard of it until I actually saw it uh, with Corey, um, someone who's a member of the radio drama cast. Uh, sometime in, it was 2019, I think? So, you know, uh, there was recently, just a group of yeah. us in Texas that got together for an anime movie night, and uh, he's like, you know, I have this one, I'll put it on. It's good. And I was like, okay, sure, whatever. He puts it on, and I'm like, whoa. this The, the animation, obviously, was one of the first things that stuck out. And I was like, it looks like Studio Madhouse kidnapped half of studio trigger and got them to make a film (laughs) and i was like so i i must have somehow missed this this must have been in theaters in you know the past year or something right and he was like no it's from 2011 Mm -hmm. i was like pardon me how the heck did i miss this so it was
1: it was weirdly Blink and You'll Miss It, even though there was a lot of uh, momentum yeah. behind it. Cause and the... I think
0: part of it was the fact that it came out in 2011 when there was not as much, uh, you know, popularity to get a release in the U.S. for a theatrical release. I'm guessing it never actually had a U.S. theatrical release. So that's probably why it went under my radar.
1: Yeah, I feel like if it did, it was like in the indie theaters. like at Oh, best. yeah, it would have had so to have been like, like one of those, a
0: yeah. Fathom events, one night only engagement type of thing.
1: Oh, I don't think it was even that because <laughs> I think that was uh, that was predating Fathom. Yeah. Quite um, possibly. That's that's the kind of like level we're talking about in terms of obscurity even though within the anime fan- uh, the anime community proper there was a lot of hype. And I was even going to say one of the distinct things about Redline as I recall, that was a film that took forever to develop. I I think it took them uh, I think it was somewhere close to a decade to develop that oh, film. Geez. It was a ridiculous amount of time. So that's. Part I know of that life. there
0: was stuff like that for um, Promare. I didn't know that it had happened with Redline as well.
1: Yeah, uh, that again, that was part of why there was so much hype behind it. It's just like, yo, they've been working on this for a long time, and mm. then you see how detailed the visuals are and how distinctive, the, you know, the style is. It's like, oh, yes, I can see why this took them a little while yeah. to make.
0: <laughs> and it, like I said, it's Studio Madhouse, it looks a bit different than their normal style, but Madhouse is obviously known for high-quality stuff, so even though it didn't seem to be their usual wheelhouse, they obviously carried it very, very well.
1: Exactly, exactly
0: yeah um i guess for myself when i initially thought, thought of uh you know cinematics i thought of cinematography i actually uh misquoted the topic at first um because Tams uh, tamsin what you had said was the best cinematic decisions and i was thinking cinematography ones so like you know camera angles shot composition stuff of that nature which fortunately does still fall under the umbrella that you provided. So uh, all that thought was not for nothing at the very least. But um, I thought of some scenes from Death Note in particular, that that being one of the very formative animes for me. But the way that that show does angles and lighting in particular, I felt is just really good of there's so much theater of the mind. I'm not sure if that is the correct term here, but I'm going to use it because there's a lot of the internal monologues where it's literally the lights go down, you see a character illuminated usually in a single color, if it's light it's usually red, and if it's L it's usually blue. And they have the internal monologues, and for that time you're not just going to get a static screen, so the camera has to take these choices and do these angles of, you know, panning or showing different scenery pieces while the world itself is frozen and the characters are left to their thoughts and it's something that you don't see very often you sometimes see it in uh, like particularly climactic battles where you have sort of that matrix effect but death note always took it to a much more extreme situation where you'll actually have just all right time is stopping And we're now going to explain this to you and then unpause. But while we're doing that, we have to do something with the visuals. Even though no mouths are moving, no interaction is happening, you're hearing the thoughts and this internal monologue of the character. So one, from the actor's perspective, they need to carry a lot in terms of being able to really just emote because they aren't getting any assistance from their visuals. But at the same time, the camera has to be doing something so it's not just a static shot, and they don't have anything to work with much in terms of visuals either because no motion is happening. So it has to find ways to, you know, just angle and show the characters close-ups of, like, eyes or a smirk or something, even a fist, just to, you know, show anger or excitement, things like that. And uh, you don't see it very often, but I really enjoyed it in Death Note.
2: I will forever now call that type of motion theater of the mind. I like that.
1: Yeah, I was going
2: to say, uh, I'm because I've heard the term, term was... somewhere.
0: I don't know if that is the correct term here, though. But I know I'm not the first person to use the term.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a common uh, a common association for d- different uh, types of uh, expression. But I feel like it's more so for uh, for literary uh, works. You know, when you're reading it and yeah. crafting it in your mm-hmm. in, in your head. Yeah. But, it's that, still in this case. It correct. is a very literal interpretation, so we'll yeah. we'll co-opt it for this. Yeah, I
0: I have repurposed the term. Uh, can't take credit for coining it though.
1: Taking it back. No, but I was going to say to to build off of your point with Death Note. Um, I thought that was an interesting choice that you picked for because you get a it a bit in actual style.
0: You also get a bit in code gios. There we go. Checkbox.
1: Ding. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the thing for me, I would have singled out for Death Note. I I think it goes without saying, you know, the, the, the the initial writing in the death note scene, that is, even though it has become a meme onto itself, you want to talk Mm -hmm. about dripping with visual style. Who would have thought that you could make a person writing on a piece of paper feel like the most, intense oh, oh, oh like over the top <laughs> epic yeah. and suspenseful at the same time a uh, sequence of events biting into a potato chip with with and such and gusto it. you know Look,
2: like, don't forget the chip too was, yeah yeah, you got, you got yep,
1: yep. yeah. but it, that that whole sequence like if you want to talk about uh, cinematic mastery like in animated form yeah that, that that's, is a master that, class that's
0: mm-hmm. another one of just camera motions because light is sitting down at his desk yeah, He's making some flourishing boring. motions himself but it's not just the fact that he's swinging his arms around, it's the fact that the camera is moving in tandem with his arms sometimes in the same yes. direction sometimes in the opposite direction to increase mm-hmm. the visual speed of it because uh, they're going counter to each other but mm-hmm. that's one where if you look at it from thinking okay how would someone holding a camera have to move in this scene they're all over the place yeah. but it's all extremely deliberate.
1: And and they also have the benefit of, by virtue of being animation, and can you know literally put the camera anywhere. You don't have to worry about the physical limitations. You can get mm-hmm. otherwise uh, nearly impossible angles and kinetic motion. That's the thing. It is very kinetic, yeah. Very good static phrase there. Action, uh, and that's that's why for me, like if we're talking Death Note, uh, that is the best uh, example I would think of immediately mm-hmm. for this kind of this kind of uh, subject that we're focusing on
0: yeah for sure
2: static and that made me think of the big thing it wasn't even what i was gonna say today but i'm glad you said the word static because if i had forgotten this one uh, that would be really ridiculous um but let me see if joel has anything else
0: no that was about all i had there what do you have
2: um okay so actually more in the style of um cinema type choices um that, that that Tamsin was talking about, like sort of the kaleidoscopic thing in Madoka, um, is Gankutsuo, The Count of Monte Cristo, yes. which Ooh. I feel like people yes. either love those, love the choices they made or they hate it. And I know people who literally can't watch it because they say it hurts their eyes. But yeah, basically, no.
0: it, basically... I can understand how someone could actually have almost motion sickness from that style, that it is very jarring
2: Yep. So and, what it is, is yeah. like, they they just do static layers of ridiculous patterns. And then they do the line art of the characters, uh, like as outlines, and those outlines just kind of move across these static backgrounds. So every time a character moves even slightly like their clothes the pattern on their clothes doesn't they kind of move around it so it can get really trippy and on top of that the patterns are ridiculously colorful it's like if you took the upholstery of every victorian wallpaper uh yeah the upholstery the wallpaper and like the curtains and you just like threw them all together in a big or like you went to joanne and the fabric just vomited at you and you took everything (laughs) that was there it's a lot um, it took me like three or four yeah. episodes to get used to it. But once you do, and you can really take the time to look at the details, it's like, this is kind of cool. I it is to the do most for every off- anime.
0: I, I had to, while you were going on that rant, and it was a good rant, I had to sort of rack my brain for what is the right term for this. At first, I would like, gosh, and it was like, no, it is the most ostentatious anime I have ever seen.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Emphatic yes.
0: <laughs> it, yep. The visuals are. Visually. Just so unique that this particular style of static layering has been used even in some American cartoons. That um, I didn't watch it much, but if memory serves, I think uh, Chowder on Cartoon Network used this technique. Um, it's not one that's very common, but uh, it is not unique to Count of Monte Cristo. But Count kind of Monte Cristo absolutely committed to the bit. It is something that happens from episode twenty-one to twenty-six, and for it being as stylish of an anime as it is that it is it's one that is very focused obviously on um nobility and high-class society so everything is glitzy everything is extra and the style of the animation here is just layered on top of what is already this really over-the-top glitzy scenery so it ends up just elevating it to a really unique level and uh, you're really right Frangie. I'm glad you brought that one up because uh, it, it's one that also i haven't finished and things like i i watched that about this time last year and got to like episode 20 and then something came up and that was one of the ones that i just forgot to finish so thank you for reminding me that i need to finish that because it <laughs> no was a problem. good series it's a dark series but a good one
2: Yes, I am a ridiculous fan of Alexander Dumas anyway, so um, The Count of Monte Cristo is one of my favorite novels, and I love the mm. anime adaptation for as different as it is. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd so. actually like
1: to follow up on that real quick, because uh, this discussion of you know the patterning suddenly triggered a more recent uh, show that I, I think has a lot of style for very different reasons, um, Kakegurui.
0: The Ooh.
1: if you look at the, the the patterning, it it shares a lot of that same technique that we were just discussing with, uh, you know how how they achieve certain visual elements in uh, in uh Count of Monte Cristo, um. But the other thing that really pops for me in Kakegurui, and this is how I usually sell people on this, the facial expressions.
0: Oh <laughs> like, yeah. If
1: you are a fan of extreme faces, or as I call them, quote good faces. So, for example, if you've played the Ace Attorney series uh, of of video games, uh, you know, those those moments where, um, you know, someone on trial finally gets caught and they just have this absolute breakdown on the stand. the absolute ridiculous and sometimes borderline horrifying expressions that they make. Kakegurui has that in spades, but with polished modern animation of a very Mm -hmm. high quality because uh, they were getting some of that Netflix money. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It, 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 and because, again, it is set in, you know, an elite private academy, it makes sense that they would take that extra uh, detail into account, you know, really make everything feel very high-end, look very high-end. Um, uh, it's, it's it's so good. And, again, like, it was just thinking about the patterning because the thing that always pops to me uh, are on the school uniforms. You know, any uh, any patterning designs on, like, pants or skirts, it has that same, you know, very unique texturing Um so one thing just kind of reminded me of the other also again good faces because the way that they juxtapose a lot of that uh you know with the regular action or even the the gambling yeah. sequences uh, it's very it's very distinctive to the show and it flows very nicely
0: yeah definitely a good one to watch if you have netflix and has a professional acquaintance can't call her friend but we've worked with her tangentially once again via Acon Erica Harlocker who plays the lead of uh, Yumiko Jibami uh, yep. great great performance by her definitely one that uh, the sub is good but I think that that is one where the dub is honestly if, is English, if English is your first language just watch the dub
1: that just reminded me I can't believe you have not talked about this one great pretender <laughs> like, oh yeah, great, great pretender! Yeah, talk like, about the other. How did you not lead off of with awesome,
0: that super I'm strong surprised. dub Netflix exclusive anime? Yes, yeah, because you want to talk
1: about dripping with cinematic style and very you know distinctive cinematic yeah. style. That and this show, one sort of
0: goes in the opposite oh. direction of the past few that we've discussed because yes, its style is much rougher. Um, it's something that looks like it's trying to be. A cleaned up version of late 90s anime that it has a couple, just some of the lining in particular is reminiscent of what you would see in like cowboy bebop and just, you know, some older ones uh, versus more modern uh, techniques, I suppose. But it's still very obviously done in a modern style in terms of just the polish and everything that it doesn't look like it is trying to be an old series but it is borrowing techniques from those series and then refining them for its own
1: yeah that's uh that's a very good way to to look at that because i think that also explains part of why it appealed to me on a very uh subconscious level (laughs) it's like there's something comforting and familiar about this yeah Uh, there it is you know the, the the late 90s anime look um and I, I also want to bring up a few that, um, uh, Frangie, uh, in particular, I think you definitely can take point on some of these as I mentioned them. Uh, a, a couple of the Studio Trigger slash uh, late late Gainax, uh classics. You know, you look at your Foodie Cooties. You look at uh, Gurren Login, You look at Panty and Stocking. Oh, these yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Panty and Stocking really is radical radical so a league of its own. Yeah, they had radical departures in each of the the main features. But then you also have, especially in Panty and Stocking and Foodie Cootie, uh, you know, segments within these shows that they just go on a complete tangent with their animation style, Be, you know, for effect, usually comedic effect, like in Foodie Cootie, you know, the bit where they rip off South Park for like 30 seconds because <laughs> that right. was the hotness at the time. Yes. Uh, P- Panty and Stocking. Uh, you know, jumping between animation styles and even when they had, you know, uh, the, the, the villain of the week blow up, they go to like, you know, l- an actual model that they just blow up on camera. <laughs> like, this is this is how they rolled in those shows. Uh, so those also have very distinctive feels to them because of the choices made for the animation.
2: You're right. And besides, like, the South Park, Cooley also did the thing where they had just manga panels for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and let's see, Panty and Stocking does that cool thing where, like, it's really Western cartoony looking until they do their magical girl transformations, and then all of a sudden it yes. looks like fancy anime. Yeah. It's all over the place. But in a good way.
0: Yeah. So, Tamsin... Uh... We've gone over a fair number of series <laughs> here. Any of them that you have additional commentary on?
3: Well, I mentioned Grunlagen. The so the to me the shading style in Gruen-Lagan with like the very bold black lines and kind of the very especially the. Uh, Middle of the episode, like still shots that they have. Oh, yeah, I love those, those visuals. I was obsessed with that art style for years. And I actually watched another, um, rewatched an episode of a similar show. Well, quote unquote, similar, but I think that had the kind of a similar shading technique, um, Helsing. Um, I rewatched the first episode and I was struck by how. Um, just very bold, actually. The show is with its very liberal use of the color red. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the sky is just blood red on numerous occasions. The moon turns blood red. carte is just blood red with those shining yellow <laughs> eyes in the middle of like a completely black outline. And mm-hmm. it's just so unapologetically sinister. Um... That, uh, yeah, so it the the reference to Green reminded me about that. So I'm glad that came up,
1: yeah, that that's actually a great way to describe uh, the visual style for Helsing because, you know, look, look at the subject matter, look at the story. you know, the fact that it gives off a sinister vibe from the get-go. It's just like, yeah, just just in case you weren't sure what you were jumping into. <laughs> here's Not a very like the visceral title reminder or
0: anything <laughs> would let you know
1: or yeah. the opening oh. for example,. <laughs> oh. Um, and yeah, like what what you said about the the shading for uh, Gurren Lagann. That's why that's part of what I think really made you know the team that would go on to become Trigger uh, okay. stand out so much. They were uh, I, I still remember when Gurren Lagann first came out, it really did stand out among all the other anime that was coming out at the time because of these these unique uh, visual stylings that that team puts into their work. And you know that carried over into to kill a kill. You know when they basically spun off to to do tr- you know, Studio Trigger proper. Uh, so you could tie it back and just see that Genesis. You know see the, it, it was it was the progenitor of what we would get from Studio Trigger moving forward.
2: Speaking of that, didn't one of you mention Promare? That... Not yet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, mean, well, I, I, I mentioned, mentioned it earlier.
0: You are yeah. correct, Ranji, That uh, while we were talking about uh, Redline, I mentioned that Promare had a extended production cycle. Shall we say?
2: There you go. I mean that that slapped me in the face when I went to see it in the theater because everything is just so perfectly geometric. Like everything's either squares or triangles in a, in a really weird way, and then the the colors whack you in the face. Um, but really, it was that the fire is like like, neon electric blue and electric pink triangular shapes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot, but it's really fun.
0: I never even really thought about it, because I do recall that triangles were very important and sort of symbolic of the flames in the series. mm mm-hmm. um, And I distinctly remember, especially in some of the opening sequence shots, that there was a lot of cube and square imagery, particularly with the buildings and skyscrapers. But mm-hmm. now I am just sort of mentally realizing, oh, there's supposed to be a active juxtaposition there of the different shapes.
2: Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, I don't know if I thought about it that deeply. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Um yeah, uh just really colorful.
0: Yeah. Um, the way I really describe cool. that movie to people is okay, so you know Studio Trigger. It's yeah. like they took the, the budget, the style, and the absurdity that they would normally spread over a 24-episode, two-core series and just scrunched it into two hours instead.
2: With lots of good music.
0: Yes, very good music.
2: Yes. So,
1: what if Studio Trigger just shot '80s neon straight into your eyeballs?
2: <laughs> like,
1: You're not that right. wrong.
2: <laughs> no, that is the most accurate. Shooting '80s neon into your eyeballs is yeah. Promare at the end.
1: Yeah, it, it just yep. needed like yep. y- you know, you know that that like generic 80s title template that everybody uses with like you know the grid and then like you know the the chrome looking text oh yeah oh yeah if you could turn that into an anime <laughs> what if they made anime this, tron
0: but it wasn't actually <laughs> you know in a virtual world don't don't don't
1: give me hope <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, disney do
0: disney killed tron uprising which was
1: one of the best animated shows that they they put out on their traditional you know uh networks uh and God, that – sorry, that is a a rant for another time, but don't give me hope like that. (laughs) Disney will never make it happen. And Daft Punk broke up. God, why am I so sad now? No, No,
2: No, that was sad. (laughs) Yeah, that was sad. Okay, I didn't know we had this guy. I I really like Tron, too. I don't think I have as much – I don't think I've delved as deeply into it as you have, Mario. But but yes, feels. Tron is pretty great. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: that's that. That's the takeaway here. Tron's great. It, it deserved an anime. It deserved an anime when uh, Daft Punk was still a thing so we could get. Because imagine that. Just imagine for mm. one second, like, a Daft Punk soundtrack <laughs> on a Tron anime. Like, not even just an animated series. Oh, uh, straight up. It, it. It would be Interstellar meets, hopefully, Tron Uprising. And that would have been amazing. <laughs> oh, God. I want this now and we'll never have it. I've made myself sad. I'm so sorry, sad everybody. <laughs> I'm so Aww. sorry. We were on this incredible high and then, uh,
3: but I'm very glad that you mentioned Indre because Ooh. when, uh, when I was thinking of this question, so I know we've been talking a lot about animation style and I'm, I mean, I think all the examples have been just fantastic. How the hell um, did I
1: forget Interstellar? <laughs> oh, yeah, no! I think, you know,
3: in terms of, like, <laughs> n- you know, narrative and, like, cinematography, I mean, thinking yes. of, like, audio as well. You know, the fact that Interstellar has no dialogue except for uh, for Discovery, the mm-hmm. Daft Punk album, is, I mean, at the time when I watched it, it just blew my mind at how well so it I've never done, seen how well it Interstellar
0: so... I did not know that Daft Punk actually had a hand in it, or oh my god, what it's it, about, or anything.
1: All right, Tamzin, uh, to prevent myself from just going on a, a whole thing, because I, I just absolutely adore this. Please, please give us the the summary, and also, you know, part of why it was such a huge deal at the time, in terms of who helped Daft Punk put this uh, piece together.
3: Um, so I actually don't know that much about the history of uh, how it was put together. So I will. Uh... Uh, popcorn that over back to you for for that, but the, the basic premise is that, um, so the, the full title is Innostella 5555, the secret of, uh, the story of the secret star system, and follows this uh, uh, band um, that, you know, from a different solar system that gets essentially kidnapped by somebody on Earth and is repackaged as um, a Band, a human band, to perform for humans and to make money for the uh, sinister uh, director who uh, kidnapped them. And a pilot, uh, Shep, from their world, tries to save them. And that's kind of the basic premise of, of the show. And what makes it very cool is that there's no dialogue and minimal other sound effects in the movie, except for the uh, for, for the dashboard
0: is this a movie or a series?
3: It's a movie. Uh, it's a
1: movie. Okay. It's basically so I was it, like, it's one. All
0: right. Oh, that that's a really good analogy. So I was thinking, all right, I've heard of semi silent movies, but uh, I don't know if a series would be able to carry that for twelve episodes.
2: I'm in the dark as I'm in the dark as much as you, Joel. Is this the same is this like based off that one music video that they had, that animated music video from like oh, a million years ago?
0: The
1: whole thing is like an if animated you think of music shelter, video for- no.
2: Maybe I've actually seen it. I think oh, I might yeah, have actually it, seen it, but it's not that long, right? It's it's
1: like an hour, so it's basically an extended OVA. Um, okay, maybe
2: I've just seen a clip of it, because I definitely, the whole plot that Tamsin just described, i like, I've seen that animated to Daft Punk music, so I must have just yeah. seen um, part of it.
1: They, they showed it on uh, Toonami. Uh, back in the day uh it was was like a big deal it's like hey so you know that that cool daft punk album well they've got an anime you know we've been showing in the afternoons we're showing anime we're going to show you the music video late at night because you know it's for the teenagers i guess i (laughs) do pay um but the reason this was such a big deal uh they worked with um the the original character designer for galaxy express 999 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to to put this together, so Leiji Matsumoto. So that's why they had
0: the five 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 five.
1: Uh, yeah, and it, if you notice the art style of the the characters, like it it shares that similar look. So you know, also uh, space battleship Yamato, uh, Harlock, like same same mangaka. Uh, so it's it, it 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 was insane. It was just like they got one of these legends uh, to work with them on what is effectively a music video. <laughs> oh, so I'm it, looking this up on oh, Wikipedia so right
0: now. The proper. Spelling is story of the spe- secret solar system. Sorry, story of the secret star system. But all of the S's are the fives. Those are the four mm-hmm.
3: fives. Exactly.
1: Yep. Because dripping with style. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez, this was Toei. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. Toei yeah.
1: did this. Oh, well, they swung. Oh. They swung hard for this whole thing. So that's part of wow. why it has so much, you know, uh esteem. Uh, and reverence behind it, because not only does the music slap, because Discovery is one of the best you know, electronic music albums ever, just or best albums ever, you know, full stop. But um, it had this amazing production value, uh, this amazing story, like it, and you can sit there and watch it. And it's great. Um, the yeah, only, and it, it is 65
0: movie. minutes, so on the shorter side. Yeah, trying like to I said, see an if anyone movie, has the rights to this right now.
1: And that's what I was gonna say is the problem with this whole thing um there have been two home video releases uh official ones one was the dvd one was the blu-ray the blu-ray was a apparent apparently it was a very low quality up res of the dvd and to this day there is still no actual you know license holder for it it's just kind of like floating in limbo no one's bothered to amazon has it uh, okay so i guess yeah. that maybe they're streaming it um in whatever quality they have um and and probably in like international territories bottom line it's a pain and the only high definition version available uh commercially is kind of garbage and it makes me very sad because and it was this very interesting needs a remaster
0: on mm. amazon because You know, I just Googled watch Interstellar and I had to make sure that I didn't accidentally click on any watch Interstellar uh, link. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Amazon has it classified under music videos and concerts, not anime, not sci fi or anything else, that it is actually just Hmm. music Mm -hmm. videos, concerts is how they have it.
1: Because again, it exists in this weird space. Uh, Not not that (laughs) the entire story isn't weird space space. in itself. (laughs) Weird space, but yeah, again, it you could count it as a music video. You can count it as an OVA. Uh, It it's a little fluid in that regard because of, you know, what was the purpose of this thing originally?
3: And there's definitely a lot of scenes with concerts too. So yes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, one more time. It's the opener for the, the entire movie, essentially, and you're treated to, you know, an animated concert. Um.
0: Yeah, also of interest, <laughs> Um, looking at this, it is available in 14 parts on the official Daft Punk YouTube channel. Oh. So it's been broken up by song, it seems. Just, yeah, because yeah, they've looking yeah, they've, at they've, this and adding it all together. I'm I i have not done the the math, but eyeballing these 14 videos, uh, this looks to be about 65 minutes. Yeah,
1: yeah, because uh, again, you can watch them as individual music video segments, but you know, to to have the whole experience, it needs to be like.
0: So there you go. You can watch it for free on YouTube legally. <laughs> yes, I don't get so to say that often.
1: Do it. Do it. Do it! <laughs> it is worth every minute of the 65 minutes. Also, you get to see Daft Punk in their robot forms in one of the first uh, real representations of that before they started making that like their thing in real life. So yeah, the more you know.
0: <laughs> oh, I have, I've at least seen these characters cause this is, you know, oh, I've seen X-X-X. the one more yeah. time video at the very least. Mm-hmm. I've not seen the entirety of it but I've seen that one
1: yeah um and and people have cosplayed uh as the band before because it's you know it's a very popular group design mm-hmm. um both in their uh alien forms and their human forms so yeah because again it, it's it's very iconic even if you've never really seen interstellar five 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 uh you've definitely seen like images of it or if you ever you know caught the music video just for one more time even in passing you've definitely been exposed to it
0: yeah, I actually uh, just pasted the video. Um, it, if somebody could take that and throw that in the chat, that would be great. But uh, we are about at time. Yeah. yeah. One, one more time. Hey! Dang it. I, w- I didn't even hey! need to <laughs> tee that up, but well done, Mario
1: because we can't play the clip thanks dmca (laughs)
0: Um,
1: especially not this week this is not a week to be messing with
0: that (laughs) nope 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 for those who might not be in the loop uh twitch from what it seems sent all of their creators a uh cautionary email this week saying that they had received a batch of 1000 uh takedown requests and just sort of reminding all their users to be mindful of the music that you play in the background of your streams and to not get DMCA'd.
1: that's what i got two emails about this week (laughs) here's a spoiler that exact well because you know for my personal channel and also for digital era twitch so yeah
0: so like even if you didn't get a strike or anything everyone got this email so uh Mm. there were a lot of people who got this email and thought that they had gotten a strike and were super confused and then looked through and i was like no okay Everyone's getting this. Yep. It's just a warning. Hmm. But it is a very menacing warning. Yes. But, yes, so uh, this has been the 59th episode of D-Kai. Before we head out, uh, Mario, you already plugged a fair bit of stuff that you have, but do you have anything yes. additional?
1: Um, I mean, other than what we have going on here on the channel uh, all week... Um... Yeah, the only more immediate thing that I have from my end, uh, if you are a fan of Mortal Kombat and enjoyed the twenty twenty one film, I will be speaking to cast members uh, of the twenty twenty one film on Sunday um, at I, I believe it's two p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I can drop something. Speaking to the in... actor
0: for Kano.
1: I wish. <laughs> that, was, oh. that was one of the things I was like, oh, that's the only thing missing from this panel. Um, no, I'm going to be speaking to the actors for uh, Jax, Sonya Blade, and Kung Lao. So we're going to have a, a good time Ooh. screeching about Mortal Kombat. Um, and Sonya then. Blade. Oh my God, no, that's totally appropriate. (laughs) And now I'm suddenly thinking of the the 90s soundtrack uh, that that was done for that character, like not even the theme song. Um, Yeah, so that's that's basically what I have going on most immediately. Otherwise, you know, I'm back here on the channel on Monday, continuing uh, rain on your parade, which has been absolutely delightful. It is. Oh, that is an indie game where the devs. I've really just
0: a little uh, bit of gameplay from another streamer. And from what I've seen, it's just fun. It's oh, it is. silly. It's self-aware. Yes. Um, yeah, really, really good. If you have not had a chance to see it or play it yourself, rain on your parade. You are quite literally a little rain cloud mm-hmm. suspended over a scrapbook by strings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your job is to rain on things, usually people. Sometimes you're supposed to rain on fires or animals or other things, but uh, it's a really cool combination of sort of a puzzle game almost and uh, kind of strategy because you have to use your water judiciously and figure out, all right, where do I need to water things? When do I need to water them? Uh, But then it's also just chaos. It's also just chaos.
1: There have been first-person sequences, uh, stealth sequences, uh, I may or may not have had to raise an army of the dead at one point. <laughs> it's it's it a good game. Wild. It is good. Wow. Yeah. And and uh, since it has no actual dialogue, uh, I've been doing a, a voice along. So um, you may hear a few familiar voices <laughs> if you tune in when I'm floating around in the cloud, especially because the game actually gave me uh, an item to decorate my cloud that made one of my character choices legitimately canon. God, I nice. love this game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Awesome. Tamsin, what about you? Do you have anything that you want to plug?
3: Nothing to plug. Just wishing everyone a safe and fun weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm about to have a four day weekend myself. Or, no, wait, not four day, three day, but it's still a three day weekend, which is exciting. Yes. Franji, what about you?
2: I got nothing I'm allowed to say. So, yeah, everybody have a good weekend.
0: Hooray for redacted things. Yay! Yay! Uh, as for me, I don't have a terrible lot. Um, Mario, you and I, along with Taylor from the Radio Drama cast, uh, from what I gather, I think it is going to be this coming Tuesday, but uh, I was correct. stay tuned I, I was for exact for details. <laughs> um, so we are doing a, a hypothetical booking podcast where we are going to take the 43 members of Hololive the VTuber group and book a Royal Rumble wrestling card so we're going to be booking uh three individual matches a triple threat so a uh a three-way match one on one on one and then the 30 woman royal rumble which is uh, as it's done in the actual royal rumble where you start with one two people in the ring and then every minute or so, I believe it is another person comes in, so things get chaotic. And basically, we're going to canonize as best we can using what we have of the different characters how these matches would all go. So it's a combination thought experiment of VTubing and wrestling, and uh, it is going to be very very fun. So do look forward to that. I believe that is actually going to be on Taylor's channel, which is Reach Is Beast here on Twitch. Ah, uh, but. If you don't already follow her, you can keep up with us here on the Digital Era uh, social media, so follow us on Twitter or Twitch, and also join our Discord, and you'll be able to get notifications about when we go live, whether it be for Kai, whether it be for Mario's Rain on Your Parade, or for any other special projects that we're doing. So... Uh, Yes, do be sure to like and follow us uh, wherever. And I know that we all had a great time doing Who Framed Roger Rabbit last weekend. We'll have the recording for that up on our YouTube. My guess is within the next two weeks or so. But it is still available on Twitch as a VOD if you missed it live. And I believe that is all we have today. So this has been super, super fun. Thank you all for tuning in, and stay safe, stay sane, get your Fauci-ouchie, enjoy a long weekend if you have it, and enjoy National Burger Day, and we'll see you next time on Digital Era Twitch.